July 26th was the 31st anniversary of the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA. We are incredibly thankful to Vespero for providing the first corporate contributions of this year-long ACB 60 for 60 campaign and for launching a matching challenge to our ACB members and our partners. Vespero will double every contribution made to the 60 for 60 campaign up to $10,000 over the month. Their matching challenge will start today, July 26th, in honor of the ADA's 31st anniversary until August 31st, 2021. To join the challenge in honor of the ADA's anniversary today, please donate at acb.org slash donate. Opinions expressed on ACB Media are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect the views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good morning, everyone. This is August 24th. My name is Christy Crespin, and I am facilitating the American Council of the Blind History Book Discussion Group. With us today as host is Chanel Allen, and uh, she will be demonstrating to us what we need to do to raise hands mute, non-mute, etc. Thank you, Chanel. Yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome. If you wish to participate, I'll start with the PC. Raise your hand with Alt-Y. And then to unmute, you may press Alt-A. To temporarily unmute while you're talking, you may hold down the space bar. Then when you're done, lift up. If you are joining us on the Mac today, you'll raise your hand with Option-Y. Unmute with command shift A, and you may also use the space bar to temporarily unmute. And if you are calling in via the iPhone app, unmute is in the lower left-hand corner. Raise hand is under more in the lower right-hand corner. And finally, if you're joining us using a telephone keypad, star nine will raise your hand, star six will unmute. Thank you, Christy. Right. Thank you very much. So... Hopefully, we'll have some other people continuing to uh, come aboard. Uh, so last week, um, we discussed Chapter 5, which was uh, leading up to this Chapter 6, which is uh, the 1961 Kansas Convention and the dismemberment of the NFB organization. But before we get into um, Chapter 6, I'd like to know by raised hands if anyone has any comments regarding uh, thoughts about last week's discussion and uh, what transpired in Chapter 5. No, no one has their hand up. Oh, Chris Gray does. Okay, Chris, go ahead. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry I missed last week. I really am. Uh, I somehow I missed the announcement, <clears throat> so I don't know a lot about who was here. Uh, uh, so I'll just listen for a little while and 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 thank you for indulging me to know I can now talk. Last week's is up already in podcast form, so you can go find it, Chris. Oh, terrific. all right. Yep. At all right, Christy. Before you adjourn today, uh huh. I have a brief announcement I want to make. Okay, that's Chris that said that, right? Yes, that's Chris Gray. 
Okay. Awesome. All right. Okay. So if uh, people are ready to move on to chapter six, wow. All I can say is like, oh my God, I'm like so much so fast. So um, in chapter six, it started out with people did not want to move out of NFB. People really wanted to stay. The, uh, the free Braille press, Braille free press, um, was uh, still under the auspices of the NFB. The last edition of the Braille Monitor had been published in December. And uh, a lot of things were happening. So who wants to begin the discussion regarding Chapter 6? Don't all speak at once, guys. All right, Chris has his hand up. Okay, Chris. Audio now unmuted alert. Well, I could make now lowered alert. at least a comment that I hope is, is relevant. It is true. Oh, there were a lot of people who did not want to leave NFB and, and join ACB. Remember also, there were a lot of people who didn't want to stay in NFB or join ACB, and they simply dropped out. So you had you had that going on, but uh, I, I know this story well, just having come from being executive director of Missouri Council of Blind for eleven years. <gasps> Missouri left NFB, but they were damned if they were going to join another organization of the blind to tell them what to do. They just weren't going to do it, and I'm telling you what. They don't call them the Missouri Mules for nothing. <laughs> They're stubborn. And they did not join either organization. They finally did join ACB after years and years of wooing on both sides. Durward went to Missouri many times. Ken Juring went to Missouri many times. Finally, I believe in 1974, the Missouri Federation of the Blind joined ACB, and two years later changed their name to the Missouri Council of the Blind. So that tells you how deep those feelings ran. Uh, In my own state of Washington, uh, the Washington Council, at that time known as the Washington State Association of the Blind, did not migrate, even though they had, had were told a member or two that had to be expelled for them to remain in the Federation. They did that. One of whom was Arnold Sadler, a name you might or might not know. They expelled, they expelled the member rather than leave. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. There was no ACB affiliate in Washington of any kind until 1971. And I was in the organizing meeting uh, when that affiliate was founded known today as Washington Council of the Blind. 
which is a conglomeration of the original uh, state association that would not leave at that time, but got kicked out in 1979. Oh, I remember that. Ultimately joined uh, WCB, and it's a strong, vibrant, wonderful affiliate. Yes, it is. So hopefully that's a a helpful contribution. I I certainly remember that because I'm trying to remember they got kicked out first and then California got kicked out. Is that right? Pretty much at the same time. At the same time. Okay. At the same convention. Oh, okay. Yes, I remember that. I think that's true. Oh, Livy. Livy, you may unmute. Welcome, Livy. Um. You know, with this chapter, I noticed, you know, they had the six uh, affiliates that they, you know, basically they kicked out. And they um, were, you know, not only that, but they were kicking out individuals like um, uh, Card and Boring and um, uh, Gershon. And, you know, I can't remember them all, but there was a whole bunch of them that they kicked out summarily individually as well as affiliates and um yeah i uh you know there were a lot of people that were in the middle and they didn't want to deal with either one and um i can remember when i was at ocb that you know they came and and you know and i came and i guess i joined back then but i you know i i figured okay this sounded like a good idea but I didn't really, you know, had I known then what I know now, oh, I would have never too. joined it. But uh, the Alumni Association, and once you did that, you know, it's like you're in and stuff. But, um, yeah, so that's basically what was what was happening. I had to go back and reread. I've read this chapter at least twice mm-hmm. because there was so much going on. I wanted to make sure I got it all. So. So thank you, Livy. So the OCB is the Orientation Center for the Blind in Albany, California. Mm-hmm. And Al Jenkins was the administrator yep. of OCB. Uh, and they were known for their advocacy classes. Um, I know that, um, you know, in, in Chapter Five, it talked about the six chapters being uh, being kicked out. And then by the time we get to uh, chapter six, we've got 15 chapters out. Some of them, like Tennessee, um, voluntarily gave back their charters. Um, some said, we're sending our charter back to the secretary, but we'll join when you guys basically have come to your senses. And um, most chapters, uh, most affiliates um, refused to uh kick out their members that Russ Kletzing, who was president, um, wanted wanted kicked out. Now, something significant happened at the 1961 convention in Kansas 
city at the beginning of the 1961 convention that had a great significance. You have four raised hands. Some of them may have been in response to your last question. Okay. All right. So first we have a phone number, area code 717, ending 346. You may unmute. This is John Horst from Pennsylvania. Hi, John. Oh, wow. Nice that you're here. Thank you. And I just wanted to say that what happened in Pennsylvania uh, in uh, was the Pennsylvania Federation of the Blind, uh, which belonged to um, NFB, um, until 1975, I think it was, may have been 76. Um, and then uh, about six members were unhappy with the current president of the Federation, and when it was uh, re-election time, uh, they decided to run for the um, officers and the board. And uh, Ken Jernig and then recognized them, said that would be Pennsylvania's affiliate to NFB. Um, well, they didn't win the election. So um, the Pennsylvania Federation of the Blind continued, but... Um, the following year that he had joined ACB. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was, so each um, chapter had to decide were they going to stay with NFB um, or were they going to become members of ACB. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next we have Larry. Okay, Larry. To answer your your last question, uh, mm-hmm. Dr. Tenbrook resigned mm-hmm. at the yes. beginning of the convention. Prior to that, mm-hmm. I will, I'll answer now part of your first question because I, I – and I'd love to know the, the numbers on these. I don't know if there are numbers that exist, but for years when I was growing up, I had friends say, hey, you got to join NFB. And I had just as many friends say, hey, you should join ACB. And I, and I had read and researched both organizations and I knew that NFB by that time was much more militant and had different philosophic views than I did in terms of how things should be done. Their goals were fine in terms of the fact that they wanted to establish such and such. But the way they went about it sometimes rubbed me the wrong way and I said, I don't want to get involved. So I didn't mm-hmm. until the student division in the 90s. And even then I wasn't terribly involved with ACB. But at least I got into the studio, the student division. But I'm curious as to how many other people had my feelings and just didn't join either. I, mean, I, I, mm-hmm. I can only imagine that the numbers must have been huge. I'm not yes. sure. Anyway, uh, but anyway, I knew philosophically that in chapters four, five, and six, the way they were going, NFB was going to lose that battle with regard to ACB because people don't like being told what they should do and and in terms of how they must vote, what they must do, etc. And eventually, they're going to rebel, and and they did. And and you know, how many times did they? Was it said in chapter six that that they? They wrote all kinds of documents, meaning the formation group for ACB, saying this is a last-ditched effort. We don't want to do this. We don't want to do this. This is not good for any of us, but you leave us no choice. If the following conditions aren't met, we're we're walking across the street. 
and 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 nothing happened to change their mind. So right. So well, when you look at it from that perspective, you could see that that since NFB wasn't going to budge on any of these events, uh, the new organization was destined. It was going to happen. Yes. Yes. Um, and even in chapter six, I you know we continue to read that. Well, we'll get this organization started, and one day NFB and 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 ACB will merger. One day they'll work together, and you know, some of us still have that feeling that that would be the ultimate of. Basically, um, the blind working together. Um, when I was in NFB, I mean, I've been in ACB so long now that I'm, I'm, I have a hard time remembering, like, I remember going to the convention and receiving the paper ballot. And they were said we could vote. And it's like, what? Um. And there, and you know, the differences between like term limits. Um, you know, um, ACB has term limits. Um, those of you in NFB, you can speak to whether or not you guys have term limits. Um, and how does your voting take place now? Is it different than it was, um, under, under the Tenbrook, um, I believe Kletzing and Jernigan regime? And we do have five raised hands, some of those from before. Okay. Next, we'll go to Regina. Regina, okay, Regina. you Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So I think I've shared I am one of those that just didn't join either for a long time because um, being confused. And then I, there was so much negative energy when I asked some people about it, especially people that had lived through this split. Um, But I understand more where that all comes from now. And I've always been confused about California's role because California Council of the Blind predates NFP somehow. Mm -hmm. And I've always been confused as to how... So, if I'm understanding it predates... NFP, but they joined NFP and then they withdrew? Is yes. that how that worked? Okay, so they were a part of NFP at one time. Yes. Yes, well, California um, organized in 1934 under Newell Perry. They were one of the first affiliates of, of NFB in 1940 when it organized. Um, the, I'm not quite sure when ABC, um, left, um, the NFB of, well, left CCB when CCB was a, an NFB affiliate. Mm-hmm. And then in, uh, beginning 1978, we started having problems and, uh, eventually CCB, left NFB of California, basically, um, and 
and CCB was, I, I wish Bob was here because he could, he yeah. would set us straight in a second, but he's working with his, a new gardener today. So, ah. um, but, um, so then CCB <clears throat> was on its own for several years and decided to then join ACB. Um, and so that's, that's how we became a part of ACB. Yeah, California started. We split into two organizations. Um, the, the ABC was, it, it was, yeah, the ABC was basically, I guess, on its own and joined, um, if I'm correct, and joined uh, ACB. CCB split from NFB, and NFB uh, chapter in California became NFB of California. CCB was on its own, and then CCB joined ACB. Okay, that's probably where my confusion is, because yeah. there's different organizations. Right, 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 and it, and it is confusing. I hope that I was able to clear that up a little bit at least. Yeah, And, and I'm I sure somebody wanna, will correct me if I'm wrong, so that's cool. And I do want to tell you that I think locally, um, some of the, cha- like, we're working with our local transportation and NFBC and our local capital chapter are on the same page with this safety thing that some things that our regional transit is doing so i think locally if we if we work that we can start to at least work together on some things right um, uh, and i'm glad that's happening because it's easier um it's it's better and in the areas of safety and transportation we 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 do pretty much agree now finally <laughs> when we had um, the uh, the AB 105, which was a commission bill, uh, NFBC under Jim Willows and, and CCB under Catherine Skivers worked together. And in fact, they were friends. So um, things do happen. Okay. Thank you, okay. Regina. And we still have a few raised hands. Dawn, okay. I've seen that you've raised your hand a couple times. There's a couple people ahead of you. Yeah, okay. Oh, I just want to correct the dates a little. Go ahead. Uh, I remember uh, my wife was president of the East Bay Club of Blind Women, and uh, they, 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 a whole bunch of them left the organization. And I don't quite remember the date, but we were in the NFB until we got kicked out and uh got bigger but th- there was parallel chapters and two you know duplicate uh, san francisco and oakland and uh, throughout the state where we had that problem but um <clears throat> uh we were in the nfb until we got kicked out and, uh, when, right when jernigan got himself uh, indicted or threatened indictment we asked we had to insist on asking what was going on and that was it but the the thing that happened the first time the split you're, you're smart enough to stay out of court uh, we got in the court and tried to stay in the nfb and it didn't work it just cost us a lot of money yeah yeah yes we were eventually kicked out um and there was a big lawsuit going on and i mean i remember it was so gut-wrenching because 
our friends, you know, we, it was like a big divorce, big, nasty divorce. And some of our friendships just never, um, the, the, the rift was so bad. I can just imagine what it was like in 1961, uh, what that rift might've felt like as well, con- considering how, how sad ours was in, I don't know. I know it's, I, I know I started feeling it in 1978. So I don't know if it was 1980, 81, 82. Maybe someone else can fill us in on that information. If they don't, they'll will next week after they hear this. <laughs> Thank you, Don. All right. Do you want to go to some people we haven't heard from before? Yes. Sh- okay. Yeah, so we'll next, do that week, first. next mm-hmm. we have Debbie, Debbie Green. Okay, Debbie. Oh, Hi there. I just wanted to say um, I also was one of those people who did not join either. Um, I was I was a counselor with the with an agency for the blind in Kentucky, and I was advised by my supervisor to not join either one. <laughs> so I never did, and I and so but. Um, and, and also, we we are one of those groups that are working um, together with the local federation uh, on on a you know, a common issue. Ours ours is also has to do with transportation. Uh, so I think it's it's kind of exciting to see that happening at the local level. Um, in in spite of, or maybe we've moved past uh, some of the some of the trauma from. Um, the past years. So. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah. Okay, next we have Lorray. Lorray? I, first of all, I'm, I confess I have not read the book. It's okay, you will. <laughs> um, I will at some point. Um, Del Amon was one of the people who was kicked out. Um, from South Dakota, and my understanding is that South Dakota is one of the affiliates that was kicked out. Yes, it was. And uh, Dean Sumner, who was going to run for president, is also from South Dakota. Yes. Um, So I've known Dell and Dean and MJ Schmidt um, and probably some others of the original 39 people. so South Dakota Association of the Blind um, started as an alumni association from the School for the Blind in 1928. And I don't know when they joined the NFB. Um, and then, of course, they were kicked out in 1961 or 60 or what? It must have been 61. 61. And then um, NFB came back and started a new affiliate in South Dakota in 1975 and we're both still going (laughs) and I know that they have worked together with SDAB at least on one issue for sure dealing with uh, separation of our service of the blind and visually impaired they work to keep it together to keep it a separate agency Mm -hmm. and um, so anyway that's all I wanted to say (laughs) <laughs> well, thank you, Debbie. No, I'm not Debbie. I'm Lorraine. I'm sorry, Lorraine. <laughs> sorry, so sorry. That's okay. Next, we have Livy. Livy? Um, 
I don't remember the early part because I didn't join NFP until 84 because I got a scholarship and went to the convention uh, and stuff like that. And then, of course, I was with them for 30 years and um, and all. But I, I it's it's just so funny to me because I can remember in 86. I mean, I'm sorry, in 96 when when we were there for the convention in Anaheim. And I can remember being in a room, and I was standing right in front of Dr. Jernigan, or uh, Mr. Kenneth Jernigan. And, you know, he, knowing now what I know from what, he was extremely uh, charismatic and, uh, you know, my way or the highway. And, um, you know, so that that's totally understandable with what everybody's been talking about and what happened then in 61. Yes. Thank you, Livy. We were talking um, about, you know, earlier about the, the militant, um, you know, that oh, yeah. oh, seen as, yeah. as militant, but it's because um, Jernigan's demeanor uh, was to treat the organization in a military top-down style. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, some of us old NFB people, you know, th- that that stayed with us. Yeah. And like, I'll tell you personally that I had a really hard time when I discovered that people in my chapter and people in, in our affiliate um, belong to both NFB and CCB and. I was under the impression that, oh, no, they can't do that. Yeah. Where did that come from? That came from NFB. ACB has no prohibition against people joining both groups. Yeah. Okay. Okay, next. We're getting more raised. Um, So there's a few people we haven't heard from. Um, So we have... Yeah, we'll get them first. Okay, Meryl. Anyway, uh, Mike Larray, I have not read the book either, but I'm going to because (laughs) I'm an emerging leader. But what I wanted to say was I did join both at one time. I had been told I'm originally from New York, but now I'm in Maryland. I'm the vice president of the American Council of Blind of Maryland. But when I was in New York in 1977, I joined ACB and one of our wonderful leaders in New York who passed away several years ago, and I did a tribute for the International Relations Committee about her, Josephine Defini. Um, She was the state president and the chapter president um, of uh, New York, and she told me about ACB, and I loved it. And what happened was I made the mistake in NFB. Well, it's not a mistake. It's a blessing. I told them that I joined ACB and they threw me out. Now, I I am so happy because I attended one NFB convention and that was enough. That was in 1979 in Miami. And when I heard Jernigan do the, the gavel and he wouldn't let anybody express any opinions and it was awful. And so I saw how he was. But I also remember when um, Sue Amateur was expelled from uh, mm-hmm. Washington, too. 
Mm-hmm. And and she joined us, you know, and she's an H E B angel now, you know, God bless her. But mm-hmm. yeah. so thank you. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate well, your contribution here. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have Robert or Bob Acosta. Well, okay, may I take a couple of moments? First of all, let's talk about dual affiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jernigan was always opposed to dual affiliation. He kicked out Roger Peterson because Roger was in another disability group, even, I think, and Mm -hmm. the NFB. And he says, no, we do it alone. We don't want you. You can't even be on the same stage as an ACB member. You cannot talk to them. And when California was expelled uh, in 78 in Baltimore, uh, for a reason I'll never know, we weren't disloyal to the Federation. We were very loyal to it. But the point we're making uh, making is that he said Bob Acosta and anyone associated with him. That was 5,000 people in California. <laughs> I mean, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> I, I was a state president. Everybody associated with me. But it was a blanket expulsion. And uh, that's the way it is. But Kansas City, if I may, uh, a high, exciting time. Uh, Dr. Tenbrook, as you know, resigned and uh, and so forth. We don't know if it was because of the Oakland Tribune article, University of California, where he taught. Did they put pressure on him to get out of this? I we don't. I don't know. Okay, and John Taylor, of course, becomes president. But the the um, I hate to say dissidents, the reformers who made up ACB would never accept the conditions of affiliation. I'm sure Christy and you guys talked to never would. I wouldn't either. Absolutely, You, you can't criticize an officer. You can't say, Mr. President, I think you made a mistake here. This is not ACB can, but we do it respectfully. We talk about it. So Kansas City then, I'm going to conclude, Kansas City basically was a watershed. Now, one thing you're going to read later, and I I want to tell you for a reason, um, ACB is planning its 1962 convention in, um, uh, I forget where, St. Louis. Mm -hmm. Marie Boring wanted to invite NFB speakers to come. And Durward wouldn't do it, and I agree with Durward. You either break or you don't. There are many people who are struggling. I hate to leave the NFB. It's so good, but then the ACB is good, too. So it wasn't easy to bring members in like they thought. They thought everybody would rush in. No people sat. Thank you, Christy. And here today, what did Dan Spoon do? What was he supposed to do with what? I'm lost. Dan's our president. We had the um, we had the discussion with um, with NFB, ACB, and other organizations. He invited um, them. He did. right. This is a new era, though, and I'm mm-hmm. glad that we're talking legislatively. I don't want to merge with the NFB. They take us over no. in two minutes. They have more money, and they don't believe in democracy. That's what I remember. They may now. I don't know, but well, that's what uh, I the, said. I don't. They're know. a cult right now, and that's it. But um, so uh, Dan would. Uh, I hope he'd never do it. But look what he did with the amendments and everything. Full discussion. Everybody, the opposition, everybody spoke and was treated with respect. Mm-hmm. I think Dan did it ac- absolutely right. Thank you, Bob. And next we have Chris Gray, who's been waiting very patiently. Good. Yes, he has. Thank you, Chris. Hey, no problem. Um, hey. So I just had a, a few quick comments I wanted to make. Uh, one, well, they're both to uh, Larry's questions. Larry raised the issue of membership mm-hmm. organizations. So I'll tell you a funny story <clears throat> uh, I heard from Durward many, many years ago. 
It was at a convention in the early 50s, I think 54, but I'm not sure. And uh, Durward had been assigned to sit at the banquet with a general from the Army or the Air Force. And Tenbrook sat with another uh, great dignitary. They were wooing them to support NFB and so forth. They got together afterwards and uh, compared notes about their presentation. And uh, Durward said, well, uh, of course, the general was very interested to know how many members there are in the NFB. And I told him approximately 30,000. <laughs> and he said, Tenbrook said, oh, hell, I told my guy 40,000. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, not too many years later, after that time, by 1961, 62, there were some 50,000. And that never I, That never changed. Larry asked about people having a hard time deciding what organization to join. I was wooed by both as a 17, 16, 17, 18-year-old. And uh, Sue Amateur, bless her heart, uh, was in the NFB at that time. And she brought me to an NFB banquet in Seattle. And they had a speaker there who, uh, uh, well, I, I won't say his name, but, but he was uh, in his cups, shall we say. Yep. And he made a presentation that was so radical and, and frankly disorganized and not very good. I wasn't very impressed. And all of the other friends I had uh, in rehab and elsewhere were joining the new ACB affiliate. And uh, as much as I loved Sue, and, you know, when we were riding the taxi cab to school, when I was five years old, I'd often sit in Sue's lap for that last leg of the journey. We were, we were the best of friends always, NFB, ACB, whatever. But uh, I couldn't go with NFB, and it was not a hard decision to make at all. Thank you, Chris. And now we have Don. Okay, Don. I, I kind of remember the ACB had various policies on that, that the, you could go in. And what, when Hawaii had, the, there was two affiliates, the exit, and they, had a very, they went to the legislature opposing a bill on letting guide dogs in from the mainland. And, uh, and they were, they were, some of them were pretty mad they were going to expel that affiliate. <laughs> And so, so it was. It's not always an easy road to to hoe. Uh, yeah, for sure. And now we have Bob again. Okay, thank you. I'm making up for lost time, but a quick story yeah. separate from this. Um, I took a, a young lady to an NFB banquet because Mr. Jernigan, we didn't know him as doctor, Mr. J. Right. And Mr. the guys that really knew him called him Ken in California. And that's why he got mad. He didn't like California too much, <laughs> but he gave a speech. I had this sighted gal with me. I was impressing her. Look, oh my God, you know, 50,000 people sitting here. I didn't say that. No, <laughs> but we, I was going good in the, on the date. And then he declares war in his speech against the sighted. Jernigan says, we're declaring war and I'm announcing it in California against sighted people. 
Well, you can have, well, guess what happened to my date? I, I couldn't, no. even, I, I swallowed my uh, spoon or fork or whatever, practically. Did she I mean, walk that's out? the kind of stuff he did. <laughs> and, and the other thing he did was rip the agency director apart, Mississippi, wherever we're at. And then he left. So what do you think the agency director did? He got even with the blind in his state. You don't do that. And the classic one was when Ed Roberts and Chris oh, Gray yes. remembers him, I think. Ed Roberts was a uh, quadriplegic in an iron lung and won a door prize. And he said, let's give the prize to Mr. Roberts, this box of cigars. Well, that, that was so bad. It was so, and he said he didn't know he was uh, quadriplegic. Everybody knew Roberts was in a wheelchair using an iron lung. But that's the kind of stuff he did. Thank you. Okay, and we have Debbie. Okay, Debbie? Now unmuted. Back, one of the things in, in the chapter that just was so impressive was in, in the convention in um, 1961, uh, the group that was, was prepared to form the new agency, they absolutely had their ducks in line. Oh, and, yes, uh, they did. I don't know if any people on the call were, were part of that or not, but it was so impressive to just read about how when they realized at that point in the meeting that they could no longer support NFB um, and were able to get up, walk out, walk across the street. Clearly, they had already made plans to be able to use that other hotel. And within 48 hours, had formed a whole new national organization. It was, I mean, when I read that, I just, that was just, that's incredible. And the, the organizational skill that, and the, the background work that went into taking that action in that length of time. Pretty amazing. And they were incorporated by the end of the year. Is that right? You know? Yeah. They were incorporated under under Washington, D.C. at the end of 1961. Yeah. That, I was just like, wow. Yeah. And in 1961, the beginning of 1962, they also changed the name of the Braille Free Press okay. um, to the Braille Forum. And people were really... Uh, some people loved it. Some people hated it. Some people thought it was selling out. And, you know, those are NFB words that I used to hear about ACB. Oh, it's a sellout organization. Mm. They sell out. They don't stand up. They're weak. Um, based on the situation and the things that happened during uh, the, the year uh, between uh, – 1961 and the the convention of 1962, which we'll be reading about uh, in Chapter 7, which is also about almost three hours reading. Um, We we read about the change of officers in the uh, NFB. We read about the new officers in ACB. Um, Marie Boring was going to take on the editorship of the uh, Braille Free Press, but she was so upset about what was going on in North Carolina that she knew she had to expend her energies on her state affiliate. And, um, and then 
like I said, with the with the the people being kicked out, um, some of them, some of the affiliates joined uh, ACB immediately. Some waited quite a while. Uh, with George Card, what do you guys think about George Card and and his uh, associations with? Um, ACB and NFB at that time. Okay, uh, we have a couple raised hands from before. Teresa. Okay, you Teresa. May okay, good afternoon. I can't really answer your question because um, um, I'm like a few others. I haven't gotten to the book yet. Um, it's okay, but I'm going to do that. I'm going to I'm going to mm-hmm. um, order that from um, Carla's Mini Mall so that. Um, Either that or on BARD, get it on BARD. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanted to say, somebody was talking about when they were 17 and how they were being wooed. Well, I wasn't so much as wooed, but um, I graduated that year from high school, and I was in a school for the blind, and we uh, were um, we had our alumni business meeting the year I graduated, and I got invited to the alumni. And one of the orders of business was to, uh, before the NFB had control over our alumni. And so we wanted to break away from the NFB, you know, in the alumni and let um, members, you know, former alums be, you know, independent on which organization they chose or which one, even even if they didn't want to join one, Mm -hmm. uh, let them think independently. And, um, Somebody told me, now there's some price in disgruntled federation people around here. So you just watch yourself, you know. Six months later, I received a thing about, I was in West Virginia joining the Mountain State Council of the Blind. I didn't join right away, but I, you know, I was planning to. And then about two years later, or almost two years later, I went to a student seminar. They had um, a weekend of their state convention. And I enjoyed the seminar, and I enjoyed the convention, and and uh, and I said I'm going to join. And um, I, you know, I went to a few state conventions during the '80s, but um, my first national was in um, 19, I mean, 2009, when I went to Orlando. Thank you. We're glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, and um, as one of one of my um. Um, members in Arkansas Council of the Blind says once the convention bug is bitten, you know, you oh, yeah. want to go. Okay. Most definitely. We have 10 minutes left, and the next hand okay, is you. Chris. Okay, thank you. Hello, Chris. Okay, I'll try and make it real brief. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of, of what uh, happened uh, with ACB being so prepared, never forget. In 1960, when they had the debate about kicking out the six affiliates, when Gerward spoke on behalf of Oklahoma, he said Oklahoma is an old and proud organization. You can kick us out tonight if you want to, but we will never be back. A lot of people don't remember that, but that's what he said. Now, in terms of George Card, there's an interesting story. George had used his editorship of the Braille Monitor to quell free speech 
to censor free speech. Uh, it turned out it was discovered in 1959. He was being paid as the editor, which people did right. not. Although ACB paid editors in the future, and why not? But it was a secret that he was paid. And when George got up on the floor at the beginning of the 1960 convention and proclaimed his undying loyalty to Tenbrook, that really irritated people. Uh, he did not speak in opposition to the expulsion of the six states, even though he was opposed to it. Uh, Darlene wouldn't let him get the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> she just wouldn't. She said, you don't need to, to get into this. When the vote was taken, he cast a vote for Wisconsin. And as I think it says in the book, he didn't just say no. He said, hell no. Right. He had worked 10 years or more to gather all those affiliates. And he had a total change of heart. He did not believe that Tenbrook and Jernigan would move to expel those affiliates. But a lot of those affiliates and a lot of people in ACB would not forgive him for that. And they would not countenance him taking on the editorship of their magazine because of what he had done in the Braille Monitor. Right. Yeah. What a, what a conflicted place to be. And Bob um, has his hand up. Okay, Bob. And Christy, I don't know if you discussed this or if it's, I, I've, I've read ahead and all kinds of things. Not only did they not, you know, the reformers who formed the ACB could never accept the uh, conditions of affiliation. But later, Russ Kletzing sent letters to affiliates, expel these people. Right, okay. right. Imagine, yeah, well, what I want to say is these guys were school chums. In the, it'd be like, expel Don Queen. My God, he's a lifelong friend. I don't care mm-hmm. what, nobody tells me to do that. I won't do it. I don't care what the politics is. That was the, but, uh, but remember, Ken Jernigan always said, give me 10 people. He was really low on the bar and I have a state affiliate. I'll, we'll just reorganize. We'll kick out all these people. And we're, it's, it's a power grab, you guys. They, they, that's what it's all about. And they weren't going to let go of that power in the NFB. Thank you. Yeah. And can you just, and then I was talking about that and what a horrible, I mean, Bob, you and I experienced, and Don, and I don't know who else may have experienced in California splits. Um, I remember uh, being in part of the Orange County chapter and, you know, Patty and John, Patty Rasmussen and John Bates and Patsy Ramlow all went with NFB and, and, uh, and, and I went with, and my husband went with CCB and it was just like horrible. If I may share one more quick story and Chris might put this in his archives. Um, when, when um, Jernigan wanted to get Manuel Urena because Manuel was supposed to stay on the East Coast on the executive committee, and he, he came to California as program manager. And Jernigan sent out the order, get him, go to Roberts, and get him fired. Roberts was the director of rehab. And I, I found that easy because I didn't like Manuel. I really <laughs> didn't. Everybody thinks we became friends. Yeah, when you throw us in the same boat eventually. 
we became. But I want to share one with, with you that might make Chris's archives. I asked Muzzy Marcelino, who was our president then. Well, Muzzy, you know, we were at the state capitol. What did Manuel do? Give me something to tell Roberts. And he took a deep breath and he said he did nothing. And that did it for me. I said, oh, my God. I'm not only going after a blind man's job, but he did nothing. And Manuel and I did not like each other. And then Sid got us together. I love love Sid. Sid. He's my brother. And he said, you guys have to talk. And we, he forced us together because I'm going to make it clear. And he'll make it clear. We didn't like each other. Okay. That's the story. And that's what he said. Nothing. And I said, I'm out. I don't care what they do to me. And I used to get calls from joining it at 5 a.m. I'll destroy you. You know, I said, I guess you'll do what you have to do. But I'm, I'm not. I'm done. And if that's disloyalty, fine. I just won't go after a blind man's mm-hmm. job. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank woman's you. Job. Thank you. All right. Hopefully we have no more hands. We do not. Oh, oh Chris just raised. Oh. Oh, okay. Real quick, Chris, because you have your announcement. That's what this is. Good. I have my announcement. Okay. It's become clear to me that this book is so wonderful and the discussion is so great. What's missing for people are the audio archives that could be made available. Um, I've been talking with David Trott, Kim Charlson, and today with Dan Spoon. And we're going to form an oral archive committee uh, to see if we can begin to resurrect speeches, debates, and so forth. Maybe do podcasts. It's not quite all planned out yet. But if any of you have archives, I'd love to know about them. In particular, I'd like to be able to find a copy of The Man and the Movement in digital format. Um, but, but there are many, many, many things. Uh, I've kept this pretty much a deep, dark secret for years, but I do have a copy of the 1960 ACB convention tape. Oh Oh my gosh. If they're playable, (laughs) um, they need need now to be resurrected. Wow. Wow. Endeavor to do that and many, many other things. Uh, But anyway, stay tuned. I'll have more news in the next few weeks. Very wonderful. This is great news. And what we miss, Christy, are the famous speeches. And Chris is going to deliver them. This is exciting. This is wonderful to hear the voices, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So once again, um, we're going to be reading chapter seven, part three. Um, 62 to the first 40 years is what part three is called in chapter seven, 1962 to 1968 ACB. So again, it's about three hours of reading an hour and two hours and 48 minutes or something like that. Um, I'd like to thank everyone who shared this morning. I'd like to thank Larry Gassman for streaming, Chanel Allen for hosting, and again, this is Christy Crespin on August 24th. See you on August 31st. Thank you, blessings, and goodbye.